I'll ask you to be seated and <clears throat> just welcome you this morning on uh, Father's Day. Um, I think we all have memories of fathers and uh, just the opportunity we have to again worship our Heavenly Father who's perfect. Um, I'm going to read the call to worship. It's in 1 Chronicles 16, 23 to 31. All you people of the earth sing to the Lord. Day after day, tell us, tell about how he saves us. Tell the nations about his glory. Tell all the people about the wonderful things he has done. The Lord is great. He is really worthy of praise. People should have respect for him as the greatest God of all. All the gods of the nations are like their statutes. They can't do anything. But the Lord has made the heavens. Glory and majesty are all around him. Strength and joy are in the place where he lives. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Praise the Lord for his glory and strength. Praise the Lord for the glory that belongs to him. Bring an offering and come to him. Worship the Lord because of his beauty and holiness. All you people of the earth, tremble when you are with him. The world is firmly set in place. It cannot be moved. Let the heavens be filled with joy and let the earth be glad. Let them say among the nations, the Lord rules. Join me in prayer. God, I just invite you here again. Thank you that your presence is promised. And um, lead us and guide us. Help us to listen to what you want us to hear. And uh, just also guide Pastor Russell in the words that he shares with us as well. Amen.
song is a favorite of um, quite a few people in our group, and I just think it's such a great prayer and truth of God. Um, the next song is going to be new song, um, so you don't have to sing along, or you can. And um, just uh, focus on the words as well, the truth of them.
will ask you to stand again and join us in the last song. figure it's a happy song. (laughs) Um, Join me as we pray for the offering. God, I thank you um, for the gifts that you have given us, the time you give us, the financial things you give us. Help us to be generous with all of them and uh, use them to your honor and glory. Amen. All right. Bow with me in prayer to dismiss little ones to Children's Church. Dear God, thank you for each and every one of the little ones here today. We pray that as they go and have fun, that you will be with them, you will bring safety, and also you will give them a good time. We pray that they will learn about you in ways they never thought before, and we pray be with those looking after them as well. And we pray, amen. All right. So, for any of you that have been on Facebook and are wondering what the long and elaborate story is that ended us with a bouncy castle this Sunday, and were piqued in curiosity when you saw that it involved Grand Theft Auto. Let me tell you a story about how I did something stupid this last week. So, it was Noelle's birthday party yesterday, as you've heard, uh, and what she wants more than anything is a bouncy castle because she just goes nuts on the thing. Like, five-hour birthday, and she was on there for everything but a half hour of it. 
Uh, but the problem is, is those things are big. They require you to pick them up with a truck. And I don't have a truck. I have a Mazda 5 that has absolutely no suspension in it and no pulling capacity. So that wasn't going to happen. So I asked if I could borrow a truck from someone. And thankfully, Gord uh, offered that I could borrow his. The black truck out front is what he said. And unfortunately, I wasn't paying close attention because there was two black trucks out front. And... Off I went uh, to Portage, uh, driving a, a big old one-ton dually, which a fun drive, a fun drive. We got all the way to YFC to pick up the bouncy castle, and then we noticed there wasn't a hitch like Gord said there was. And then I called, and then I couldn't get through. He called back, and then, then I noticed that there was a bit of anxiety in his voice. Did you take my truck, he asked. Well, I thought I did. No, I think you stole my boss's truck. So... Turns out that I had made it all the way driving somebody else's truck that didn't know that I had taken it. And, oh yeah, so thankfully, uh, I know the guy that, whose truck I took, and he was good with it when we came back, and his wife and uh, kid came out to the party as well, and it was all good in the end. But that is not something to make you feel terribly good about yourself, let me say that. But it is those stories that I absolutely will share in front of all of you because it's fun to see people laugh at me for making a fool out of myself. So if you have your bulletins on you, now is the time to take them out. Couple announcements there. Uh, first, prayer meeting at the church at 2 p.m. on Wednesday. Uh, next, next Sunday at 10.30. The service is not going to be here. If you show up, there will be no one here for you. Uh, if that is what you were looking for, well, I guess know that. But otherwise, uh, at the curling rink, that is where the community worship service is going to be. Uh, we are together with Bagot and West End and the United and the Anglicans, and it's going to be a great service. So, 10.30 a.m. at the curling rink, not here, next Sunday. Make sure to make a note of that. Uh, skipping on down, uh, July 16th is going to be the baptism service for Isabel and Sarah, so make sure to put that on your radars and come on out for that. Uh, that is going to be a wonderful Sunday. Uh, apart from that, this Thursday is also graduation for Isabel. So, so make sure to put that on your radar. What time is grad on on Thursday? 10.30 on Thursday. That's when graduation is. So make sure to put that down. All right. And then apart from that, this is my own thing I'm going to add to the announcements. Uh, if anybody can help me clean up that bouncy castle afterwards because it weighs the better part of 500 pounds. And while you would think I could easily one-arm that, turns out I'm not the man you think I am. So anybody that is willing to help me clean up that bouncy castle, I would be very, very appreciative of that. Uh, and if we don't tell our kids, then we can even bounce on it a little bit ourselves first. Mm, it's kind of fun. <laughs> so... You won't twist your ankle as long as you're being mindful about it. All right, any more announcements? Okay, and going on to prayer items. First, we want to pray for our graduates, uh, students, teachers, 
and staff as we are coming quick to the end of the school year. High school, I think, is done this year. Well, it's done this week. And elementary and middle school is done next week. And so we are fast coming to the end of the school year. So we want to pray for that. Uh, we want to pray for all of those that were affected in the fatal crash in Carberry as well. There was two people that came to our church before that were actually in that bus before they moved to Dauphin, John and Marie Rolls, and so we want to pray for them. Uh, one of them is in Brandon, the other one is in Winnipeg. No, yeah, Brandon and Winnipeg, uh, and they are, they are recovering, but it's still for just absolutely horrific, so we want to pray for uh, Dauphin as well as uh, everybody in that crash and John and Marie. Uh, it is Father's Day, so we want to pray for our fathers. We want to pray for all the wonderful things they do for us, all the wonderful things that they've taught us, all the wonderful things that they have led us to knowing. But as it's also Father's Day, that means that it is a time that is hard for a lot of people, myself included, for an awful long time and in wisps on and off even today because of our own struggles with infertility in the past. And so we want to pray for people like me as well, that this is a difficult time. And we also want to pray for Betty uh, Queering. She is in the hospital waiting to be put into the care home. Uh, that has been going on for a while now. She's very lonely. We want to pray that she gets a placement very soon. And so, please bow with me now in a word of prayer. Dear God, we come before you this morning, first off, thanking you. We want to thank you so much for the past school year. We want to thank you for our teachers and how you have worked through them, and how you have taught through them, and how you have raised the next generation a little bit more in new and interesting ways through them as well. And that same thing goes for all of the TA staff and all of the aides and all of the assistants, God, boy, do I know that. They do such wonderful work. They care so very much, and they do it all, even though often it's a thankless job. And so, God, we pray, let them know that we are thankful, that we have seen everything they have done, and we are impressed. So, God, we pray also as we come into this summertime that it will be a restful next couple months. We pray that it will be rejuvenating. We pray that it will be exactly what is needed. And we also pray that they have exactly what they need to get through the next week or two as well. Thank you for our teachers and the teachers' assistants and the aides and all the rest of the staff that work at our schools as well. Thank you for them. And God, we pray also for the students this summer, that they will also find themselves with exactly that amount of rest that is what they need to hit the next year running, but also not so much that they have forgotten everything that the last eight months has brought to them, ten months has brought to them. God, that we pray. And we pray for our graduates also as they are about to walk. We pray for Isabel. Lord, we thank you for all of the ways that you have 
molded and worked through her over the last couple years as she has been in school and now as she is about to graduate we pray that that will be a wonderful day she remembers all of her life and we pray also that over the summer and then heading into the new year as she's off to university that you will lead her in the ways that she needs most we thank you for her and we thank you for all of the ways that you have worked through her to get her to today God, we also want to say, say this day for our fathers. It is Father's Day, and that means that we think of our own dads, and we think of the ways that they have raised us up, the lessons that they have taught us, the wonderful things that they have molded us to believe and know. God, they have formed us into the men and the women that we are today and so we thank you for them and we pray that we know exactly how to thank them in a way that really gets that point through we pray also for the times to come it is father's day today but that doesn't mean that we stop being fathers over the night weeks and months to come and so god we pray continue on giving that strength continue on giving that guidance continue on molding and shaping so that we know how to mold and shape those that come after us in a way that is right and honoring to you it is a hard job and we pray be with us through it but god we also pray today for all of the people for whom this is a hard day whether infertility or a bad relationship with our own fathers or one of many different things, there are some people for whom today is just a stay in bed with the lights off kind of day. So God, we pray, be with them now. God, we pray, give them the support that they need now. God, we pray, give them the comfort that they need now. God, we pray, help us to know who they are so that we can reach out ourselves to let them know that we are praying and thinking and are with them. That we put before you. And God, we want to bring before you the harder things of today as well. God, we want to bring before you Betty as she continues to wait in the hospital for a care home bed. That has been a long time. God, we pray an opening comes up for her soon. We pray that she manages to squeak in there. God, we pray that soon she will be in a care home where she will be cared for in the ways that she needs and out of the hospital where, while a wonderful place, a lot of healing at the same time is just not where you want to be long term. God, we pray for her. She is on our minds. Now we want to pray for Carberry and the accident that happened there. Lord, we don't quite know what to think when things like this happen. And so we pray be with their families. This is the type of thing that changes how towns think of themselves. We pray be with their communities, be with Dauphin, be there. 
God, we pray for those that are still in hospital healing up. We pray that they will know your healing. God, we pray for the first responders that this is this is going to haunt them. God, we pray for comfort in those long nights. And God, we pray for the drivers as well. This is going to be with them. And so we pray, be with them. God, all of these things we bring before you. And we place them at your feet. Oh, and we pray for John and Marie Rolls. Give them healing. Amen. All right. <clears throat> you don't need to put a hand up if you don't want to. I'm going to. Who here has ever felt spiritually dry? There we go. Right there. You don't need to put a hand up if you don't want to. I know for a fact that you have. <laughs> Every study that's ever been done on the subject says that in a lifetime, your chances of feeling spiritually dry or distant from God is near 100%. Chances that you feel like that right now is somewhere in the ballpark of 25 to 50%. And it's hard, right? To get that feeling of spiritual dryness, that feeling of being distant from God, and how that kind of bleeds into everything else. How that kind of turns into that feeling of being burnt out so quickly. How it turns into that feeling of being just exhausted at the thought of anything. These things all kind of they merge into one another. I think on Father's Day in particular, then if there was ever a topic to be talking about, then this is kind of it. We often expect of our fathers that, that, that image of strong, stoic, quiet, no feelings one way or the other, until we need them to have them, of course, but that weighs on you, right? That, that drags you down. All cards on the table. Over the past year, I have felt that spiritual dryness an awful lot. The last year, as many of you know, has been an extraordinarily difficult one in a lot of ways, and all difficult in ways that required you to focus there, right? Like, focus on those things. And because of that, then just, you don't have time to focus as much as you need to on the other. And before you know it, then when you have the moment to slow down a little bit, it's like the personification of, ugh. Over the next couple weeks, we're going to be talking about about that feeling, that spiritual dryness, that feeling of being distant from God and how that kind of comes at you in all these different ways. And we're going to be talking about the way that 
the church has historically dealt with it. The ways that the church has historically identified and grouped and the ways that it has found have been useful, has found that it has been impactful, is that the word I'm looking for? Effective, effective in dealing with exactly that state of being. Because this might come as a surprise to you, but church has been around for over 2,000 years now, and this has been a problem that has come and gone in the lives of people throughout that entire 2,000 years. So obviously we're going to pick up a few things that work well as those years go by. And so until Labor Day, that is what we are going to do. We are going to, each Sunday I am speaking, focus on one of the big causes or the big groups of things that lead us to feel spiritually dry, that lead us to feel distant from God, as well as at least one way that we can take home with us and try over the weeks to come that the church has found has been helpful dealing with that. And today, we're going to start with the not at all uh, inflammatory topic of issues that surround worship that cause us to feel distant from God. When I was studying about this one, uh, I was reminded of, uh, of something that happened to me back when I was 18, which was an embarrassingly long amount of time ago. It was a period of time where emo music was sweeping the nation, and it does come into this. Uh, and I was, my first year of college, I was a freshman at a Christian college, Providence. And during those days, I was pretty sold that I was going to become a famous singer of some sort. Not by means of actually doing anything that would lead me to that, but just because. And so I figured the way that that was best going to be achieved was to join the Christmas choir that year. And so I did. It didn't tell I think one of the main reasons is because there might have been a girl I had eyes on at that point that was also in it. But whatever the case was, I was in the Christmas choir. And I did a pretty bad job at the end of it, all things considered. But I remember also at that period of time, there was this big debate that was going around the praise and worship people in the church. And what that debate was kind of was around the question of what the right way to worship God was, what the right way to worship God was. And how the debate went at that point was obviously if you were worshiping God, particularly if you're leading praise and worship music. But for anyone, if you're worshiping God, then the best way and the only way and the right way to do that is music that is heartfelt, music that is the type of thing where you can feel yourself in it, music that is not necessarily all that practiced, all that structured, the type of thing that just flows so the spirit can speak into it. That is what worship was as compared to the almost boogeyman and the coroner, which was that highly practiced, that highly structured, the pretty much just a concert, right? Like that, that was concert music. There was nothing wrong with it, but that, that wasn't where you went to worship. 
Never you mind if you were somebody that found God very much so in that style of music. And so there I was in choir, uh, which is very much so the epitome of that second type. And I remember that because we freshmen were freshmen and not putting in our uh, college try worth of what we should have been doing and actually, you know, rehearsing, and instead talking back and forth about this, that, and the other thing, Henry Schellenberg, who was our choir master, stopped us right then. And some of you might have met Henry Schellenberg in the past. Wonderful guy. Sadly passed away a number of years ago. But he stopped us, and he was like, you know, you are worshiping God. You are leading people to worship God in what you're doing. That demands that you actually pay attention. And this is going to be a weird story, because this is one of the few ones where I'm not the idiot in it, but somebody else that was sitting in front, and I'm pretty sure I even know who he was, but he piped up, this isn't worship music at all. This is the type of thing that is a concert, right? Like, this isn't worship to which Henry Schellenberg stopped us for the better part of 15 minutes just to unload on that guy about how, isn't it weird, how if you are, like say, a mechanic, we believe that mechanics can definitely worship God, you know, if you do the best that you can and you are upright in your dealings and you reflect the love of God to everyone and you try and you do your best, you are worshiping God in that role, are you not? And we'd all kind of nod along to that. And isn't it the same way with pastors, right? If you are a pastor, then if you put your all into, you make sure what your sermons are, are rooted in the gospel, rooted in something good. If you are with your people, if you're out in town spreading that good news and you're doing your best, then you are being worshipful for God in the ways that you are living your life. We all believe that and we all nodded our heads to which he was like, isn't it strange we don't afford that exact same way of thinking about what worship is to musicians? And then we just kind of were quiet for a little bit and went right back to singing, uh, I don't even remember anymore, Uh, I think the Hallelujah Chorus. I could not hit that note for the life of me. That's kind of a thing though, isn't it? Like, It's weird how we often think like that, that there is a right way to worship God. It's a debate that has gone throughout church history. That was just my generation's version of it, where the right way to worship God is if you're feeling it. As I said before, it's the era of emo music. That was the right way that music was done in the early thousands, and I apologize to all of you for it. But... How about the generation before? You guys got into a lot of debates over is praise worship even worship as compared to, I don't know, hymns? I'm sure that you can all remember getting into that one with your parents. How about the generation before that where you guys had to wrestle the idea that you can actually worship God in English as compared to German? Well, I mean, German is God's language after all, so. Every generation of the church has had some version of this exact debate, what the right way to worship God is. Before that, then, I mean, you go back 500 years, it's if you're actually singing as a group as compared to, like, just from the choir in the front. You go back before that, then there's, well, it's chanting versus, like, actually 
whatever else. Go back before that. There's long periods in the history of the church where you just read. All you did was read the Psalms and Scripture. No singing aloud one way or the other. That's not even getting into pianos or drums or anything like that. Every generation of the church has had this debate as to what the right way to worship God is. And that is a bit of a shame because, and you can quote me on this, it's a pretty stupid debate. It's a pretty stupid debate. We believe in a God that is everywhere. We believe in a God that is all-powerful. We believe in a God who is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. We believe in a God who, this is one of my favorite quotes, it's a guy named Karl Barth who is a, a theologian. Uh, he said, we believe in a God that is free to talk to us through communism and a dead dog if he wants to. His point there being, it's kind of dumb to say what God can and can't do. God can talk to people through anything. He's God. So isn't it weird that we're so absolutely dead set to think that we can only come before him in particular ways, that we can only come before him in exactly this thing, which is the right thing, and everybody else, I guess, is just wrong. It's a dumb debate. You can come before God in emotional music. You can come before God in instrumentals. You can come before God, and I know this because I've experienced it in my soul, through country music, even. In fact, if anybody wants to start a country band here in church, like, come talk to me, that'd be great. You can come before God in metal. You can come before God in the choir. You come before God in things where you have practiced it within an inch of its life. You can come before God if you just play from the heart because God, we believe, is everywhere. God, we know, is always reaching out. God, we know, is knocking on the door. We just need to open it. So isn't it odd that we are so very convinced that he only ever knocks in very particular situations at very particular times. It's a dumb debate, and yet it's been going on all this time. And there's a reason that it's been going on all this time. Now, there's many reasons. But one of the big ones is because it's actually a bit of a proxy for a different thing. If we don't know how to express that different thing, then often we find ourselves kind of more getting into a fight around this. And what that different thing is, is that it's a proxy argument for if instead we don't want to ask the real question, the real heart of the matter, which is why aren't we coming before God when we are worshiping in a way that isn't the way we think is right? Why aren't we encountering God if we are worshiping in a way that we don't think is the right way to worship, right? That's the real question. That's the really important question. To a certain extent, 
there's always going to be matters of genre. There's always going to be matters of preference. There's always going to be things that we just like it. I mean, we're raised in particular ways to like particular things. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, if we find ourselves so unable to even grasp that God can speak through those things that we don't like when it comes to worship, that we would say that it's wrong. And that says an awful lot more about us than what the right way to worship is. The reading reason for that, the more I read on, is because it's very easy for us to find ourselves in a place where we don't really know why we're worshiping God in the first place. If you find yourself asking that question, right, like, why am I unable to worship God in any way other than this particular one? All too often, that, that is the answer to that question. The question of why do I want to worship God in the first place? I think we all as Christians feel that we should worship God for all manner of big biblical reasons, that he is all-powerful, that he died for our sins, that he is, well, I mean, read the Bible. We get that we're supposed to worship him for all of those reasons. We feel that in us. We, we, we get that. But then it just kind of stays there in those high-minded things. They don't really find their way into personal ways that God has moved through us as well. And what happens is that if we keep them just in those high-minded ways, but we don't actually feel in ourselves any personal reason that we should worship God, then very quickly, it's just saying words, right? It very quickly has to become more about the style, more about the genre, more about what you like, because the content isn't really speaking to you at all. This is one of the reasons why people can often find that they are far away from God. Because we worship and we worship, but the words are just words we say. What it is that we recite as to why we worship God are just the big answers that are true, that should absolutely be a part of the reason why we want to worship God. But it stops there and doesn't go into the personal of why our God should be worshipped from our own lives. And if that's the situation, then then obviously the style and the genre are going to matter more because those are what speak to you already. And obviously the people around you that don't like those things that you just absolutely can't find yourself before God in, it's not that they just have different preferences, it's that they're going to be wrong. 
because there's trouble focusing on the content and instead it's just all about the medium. The medium, not the message. I think that's the, the phrase there. This is one of the major ways through worship that we can feel spiritually dry. But it's also one of the ways that throughout the history of the church, it has the most ready experience dealing with. And we're going to talk about that right now. The way that the church has dealt with this has been a number of them. One of them is actually communion, because then you can see that direct connection back to God yourself. But another one is something called a gratitude journal. I mean, probably it was called something else originally, but who's ever heard of these gratitude journals? There you go. Chances are, if you are in counseling, you have heard of those. Uh, like many things that come from church history, they are very effective and very useful, and so they find their way into a number of things today. But they're exactly what they sound like. They are making a list of all the things that day, and I do say that day, you do this one every day, making a list of all of the ways and all of the things that you are thankful for. We believe that God is from whom all blessings flow, do we not? And so if you make that list, you can actually see that there are blessings in your life that have flowed. Our minds are kind of funny in that they tend to be rather risk-averse. They tend to be rather focused on the negative, something that makes a lot of sense if you have spear in hand and you're out fighting a mammoth. After all, you're going to want to know how mammoths act in bad ways or else you'll get gored and that's a bad time. But these days... In our modern life, it's not nearly so useful. It tends to drag us down. It tends to wear us out. But this is a way that the church has found over its history is an effective one to remind us that there are things that we can be thankful for. There are things we can thank God for today. And so I'm going to set for you an assignment over the next couple weeks. And I'm going to do it too. Because I've done it before and I stopped doing it and I realized now looking back on it that that was a foolish decision because it did do so much to change my outlook on things. Over the next three weeks, before I come back to speak, I'm gone next week because it's the community service, and the next two weeks after that, a family wedding. The next one after that is baptism, which is when I come back and speak next. But between now and then, here is what I want you to do. I want you to take 20 minutes a day. 20 minutes isn't that long. I know we want to think that it's a long time, but 20 minutes is like the amount of time it takes between when you open your eyes and get up in the morning. 20 minutes is the amount of time that it takes before you go to bed and just drift off to sleepy land. Well, sometimes 20 minutes, sometimes like five hours, but whatever the case, 20 minutes isn't the hard thing to carve from your day. I want you to take 20 minutes every day between now and when we see each other again. And what I want you to do is this. Say a little prayer. 
Ask God, show me the things that I should be thankful for, the things that I am thankful for. And then, here's going to be the weird part. I want you to write them down, because boy, oh boy, do minds ever wander. I want you to write down all the things that you are thankful for that day. All the things that you are thankful for from your family. All the things you are thankful for from the world around you. All the things that you are thankful for that God has given to you. I want you to write them down and then say a little prayer of thanks. That's it. Rinse, repeat the next day. What you will find, and I can tell you this from experience, is that a couple days in, the world stops looking quite so bleak. A couple days after that, what you will find is, is that God starts looking like somebody that is a bit more closely attached to you than somebody that is just worshipped because he is on high. And a couple days after that, you will find that the little things in how you see the people around you will very likely change as well. We live in a time that is particularly stressful. We live in a time that seems to be designed to cause us to burn out and seems to be designed to make us lose faith in those around us and as such not even know why we should worship our Lord to begin with. And when that happens, then that impacts everything. This will help you with that. This will help you with that. So 20 minutes every day. Write down what you were thankful for. And when I see you again in three weeks, we'll compare notes. I guarantee you, if you do it, you will see our Lord in a new and wonderful way. But as I also mentioned, communion is another way that we can find ourselves closer to our Lord. And so I want to ask up the deacons for our time of communion. We read in 1 Corinthians, this is what the Lord himself said, and I pass it on to you just as I received it. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and you sealed by the shedding of my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Almost 2,000, oh, over 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ was with his apostles in communion doing just this. After his death, the apostles were with their followers doing the same. After their death, their followers did it with their followers. 
There is a direct line between what we are doing here today and God himself when he walked on the earth as Jesus Christ. As we now partake in the same thing, we should remember that. As we partake in the same thing, we should remember that there is that connection to God through his church all the way back. If you are feeling distant from our Lord, this right here shows us that he is not distant from us. McGregor EMC, we believe that communion is open for all believers. Although if you have little ones with you, I'd ask you make that decision for them yourselves. Please bow with me in prayer, and after I pray for a little bit, I'll give you a moment to pray yourselves. Dear God, we thank you for who you are. God, we thank you for this connection we have to you. God, we thank you that even when we can't feel you, we know you are reaching out. And so, God, we pray that as we partake in communion now, that we will feel you close like never before. Now, as the elements are being handed out, God, we want to bring before you all of the things that we feel are keeping us from you we will place them at your feet. All of these things that have us turning our faces away from you, though you stand right next to us, we put them at your feet. And together we eat. And together we drink. I ask that you now join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We invite you to stand with us for the final song. We'll sing two verses together and then pause for the benediction and finish the fourth.
personal God. We believe in Jesus Christ who walked among us. We believe in the Holy Spirit who is with us now. We believe that in everything we do, God is the source of good things. I look forward to hearing how, reminding ourselves of the ways that he works in our lives. We'll make him come alive in new ways. Join me in it. Our benediction today comes from the book of Numbers. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Go now and serve our God. Mm -hmm.